some lessons that we can learn from Bible moms. You know, there's many good moms listed in the Bible. And it would take us a long time to cover them all. But today, let's just look at a few of them and note some lessons we can learn from them. You know, Eve, uh, she was a, she's the mother of us all. Is that right? And we typically stress, you know, that she committed the, the sin of eating of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and being deceived by the serpent. And But, you know, she she had to endure the pain of having, having one son murder the other. Do you ever think about that? That's pretty difficult. The lesson we can learn from her is the importance of being aware of the devil's schemes and his desire to ruin families. That's a good lesson, isn't it? And then another mother was Hannah. That was Samuel's mother. Now, she was barren, couldn't have children. You know, there were several barren women in the Bible who eventually became mothers. Now, Hannah, of course, Samuel, he was a prophet. She was barren, but, you know, Sarah, Abraham's wife, she was barren. Uh, But, you know, she went on to have a a child named, does anybody remember his name? Isaac. And, you know, as you look at Sarah, she teaches us not to laugh at the promise of God. Because when the Lord showed up and told Abraham that he was going to have a child and he was what? up in years, and she was barren. She laughed at that. But, you know, later then, she counted God faithful that promised. So we learn from, we'll talk, get back to Hannah in a minute, but Sarah, don't laugh at the promise of God and count God faithful. Rebecca, she was, she was barren, and she had eventually Jacob and Esau. And Jacob became Israel. You know, Israel... And actually, if you look down through the years, Jesus, after the flesh, and the you know, came out of a woman that was barren. It's interesting, isn't it? And we we get saved today through faith in Jesus, and he eventually came out of Sarah, didn't he? According to the flesh, he was virgin born, of course, but he also was human. Rachel, she was barren and she had Joseph. Samson's mother, we don't know her name, but the Bible doesn't tell us that, but she was barren and she had Samson. And there's a, a Shunammite woman the Bible talks about that was barren. And then, remember, she had a child and then that child died. That's something, to not be able to have children and then you have a child and the child dies. Isn't That's really sad, isn't it? But this woman looked to God and declared, remember she said all is, is well. I guess we can learn from her that when there's a tough, tough situation, you just have to stand in faith and say all is well. Elizabeth, she was barren. She had John the Baptist. So, I mean, we're talking about Hannah. We'll get back to her. But I thought I'd mention these barren women. You know what we learned from the barren mothers? We learned this. We learn this, that God can take that which is barren and make it fruitful. Only God can do that. But anyway, Hannah, she dedicated 
Samuel to the Lord before he was born. You think about that. She was barren and she said to the Lord, if, if, if I can have a child, I'll dedicate him to you. And then she had a child and she made good on that promise. You know, the lesson we learned from her is that children really belong to the Lord. And you only have them for a short time. So take advantage of them while you have them. And I'm sure that she cherished every minute she had with Samuel, yet she knew that before he was born that he belonged to the Lord. Then there's another lady, and this is the widow of Zarephath. Now we talked about barren women. Let's talk about single women. You know there's a lot of single moms out there. The widow of Zarephath, she was single. Her husband evidently, he, he died. That's what made her a widow. You know, God has a special place in his heart for widows. Several moms in the Bible, single moms, several single moms mentioned in the Bible. Did you know that Mary, the mother of Jesus, later on down the road became a single parent? You realize that? Now, Joseph was not Jesus' biological father because Jesus was born of a virgin. But Mary was his biological mother. Jesus, 100% God, 100% man. You understand that. But as I've studied into it, we don't know for sure what happened to Joseph. We know he was a good and a just man. So it's not likely, the way I see it, that he had an affair on Mary and, and abandoned his family. I don't see that. It's just... It's more likely that he that he died. Well, how could he die if Jesus was there with all that power? Well, Jesus didn't operate in the miraculous till after he was baptized with the Holy Spirit, you know, when he was 30 years old. So I don't know. It. Apparently, Joseph had died. You know, there's a lot of questions I can't answer. So I don't know for sure what happened to Joseph. But last time we see him, uh, Jesus was 12 years old. And then you don't hear about him anymore. And you know that uh, at the cross, remember, Jesus turned Mary over to, to, to John. Is that right? But we know that Joseph and Mary, after Jesus was born, they had other children. They had other sons and daughters. One of them was James, who wrote the book of James. One was Jude, who wrote the book of Jude. You need to realize that Jesus' Jesus's brothers did not believe on Jesus when he was in his earthly ministry. It wasn't until after he was raised from the dead that they believed on him. But the point is, Mary, for some period of time, was a single mom. A lot of single moms out there. My mother was a single mom from the time I was seven years old. Uh, my dad passed away and she became a widow. And Now, she never remarried. My mom didn't. Um, several fellows came around to try to spark her interest, but she never had any interest. She, she loved my dad and that was the end of it. And uh, so uh, she was, I guess, in her... She was about 40 when she had me. So she was 47 when he passed away. He was 50, almost 53. And uh, so she was a 
single mom for all those years. And, you know, she, I remember her playing catch with me. You know, single moms have to fill in the role for the dad. I remember her playing baseball, catch with me. She played tennis with me some. I could beat her at tennis. But, you know, she was out there hitting it with me. She didn't play just once or twice with me. She'd sit under the shade of the tree and watch me play with other people. But, um, but she was a single mom, and I watched her have to undergo the things that a single mom has to undergo and be a, a mother, but not only a mother, but a father. And, uh, and she did a good job. She, she did a good job. One of the things that my mom taught me, much we could say, she taught me a whole lot, but she taught me this among myriads of other things. But she said, you bring people flowers while they're living, not when they're dead. I've never taken one flower to her graveside. You know why that is? Because I gave her all those flowers all those years that she was living. Besides, she's not there anyway. She's in heaven with the Lord, you know. Just her body's there. You understand that. I've gone to the graveside a time or two, but she's not there. Anyway, much we could say about it. But she was a single mom. Did a good job. Did a great job. And... uh Pastor Diane was a single mom for several years. Um, her first marriage didn't work out, and and believe me, it was no fault of her own. If you can't make it with my wife, you can't make it. You just, you just, she's a good woman. But she was a, a, a single mom for many years, and I watched her having to play the role of the mother and of the father, and and uh, you know providing for the kids and being sure that they, you know, uh, had their schooling, you know. Uh, she got her sc- their schooling in and, and she worked a lot of, a lot of hours being sure that, that they got good schooling and she provided for their needs and whatnot. Now, God ultimately provided, but but she, I watched her work hard and do the role of a husband and of a of a of a father and a mother, you know. Um, and so she did a very good job. And then I came along and hopefully made it a little easier for her. Took some of the load off of her. Amen. But she was a single mom and did a really good job. Um, you know what's really sad though is when you have, and we've seen this over the years. Is when you have a couple, we've seen this, we've seen this over the years in pastoring, that you have a married woman that's a single mom. I don't know if you got what I just said. But you've got a married woman, the husband's right there in the house, right there, but she, it, she might as well be single. I say that because the husband does very little to assist her with the children. You see that again and again. She's married all right, but she might as well be single because the husband's there, but he don't do too much. I mean, he doesn't really help her with the kids. The kids have a need and he's not really there to assist her and help her. You know, he may even work work and, and make money, you know, but yet, when there's a need with the kids, he's nowhere to be found or doesn't show much interest. 
doing this, doing that, doing the other, watching television. We've seen that a lot, haven't we? Isn't it? It's sad. Break your heart. And those guys just don't know what a blessing they have there with that wife and the children. And they just seem to be in a fog almost. And you, you watch the wives bring the children to church or you watch them take them to the this, that, and the other. And the husbands are... They're just, they're almost non-existent, yet they're right there in the home. That that may be one of the saddest things we've seen, is when you have a, a married single mom. Many, many single parents worry about the provision for their children. Uh, actually, before we talk about the widow of Zarephath, go to 2 Kings 4. Let's talk about this other lady first she was a single mom but many single parents single moms particularly worry about provision for their children Um, we've seen situations where you know there's a divorce or whatever and and the, the dad doesn't pay the child support or whatever and that's always sad Many times they do. You know, something else I think I ought to talk about. You know, step-parents a lot of times get overlooked on Mother's Day and Father's Day. Now, you know that all step-parents aren't evil like Cinderella's stepmom. You know that? Now, some of them are, but a lot of step-parents get stepped on. They get stepped over. You know what I mean? And a lot of step-parents are better than biological parents. Did you know that it doesn't take much skill to be a biological parent? But it takes a lot of skill to be a real parent. Did you get what I just said? How many got what I just said? Being a biological parent, is that just a sex act? But being a parent, being there holding the kid's hands. I've watched a lot of times. You know what's one of the hardest things is when you got a step-parent and they're there with the kids and they're helping the kids and, and they're helping them with their homework and the this and the that and the other. And then, and then when a Mother's Day comes or a Father's Day comes, the deadbeat dad or the deadbeat mom gets, gets all the, the attention and the step-parent gets stepped on and stepped over. Is that sad? That doesn't happen all the time, but I bet there's a lot of situations that that happens. So we don't want to overlook step-parents, step-moms. Um, but many single moms worry about provision for their children. And uh, my mom, she, she was concerned about that. Um, now, my dad worked real hard. He had a good job with Fabic Tractor. He was a, uh, he was a mechanic on cranes. He may, had a very good job. And, and so, uh, you know, my mom, she got Social Security checks. Thank God for that, you know. But my dad earned it. He earned the money. And, uh, and Diane, she worked as a nurse and she worked her, she worked really hard. But, but a lot of times single moms are concerned about provision for their children. And sometimes single moms are waiting for that child support check to come in. How many of you know if, if a dad climbs into bed to make the child, he ought to be man enough to send the child support? Is that right? Can anybody say amen? Is that right? And so, uh, so women are concerned about that. And rightly so. We learn from these next two single moms 
to trust the Lord despite the negative circumstances. Let's look at this, 2 Kings 4, verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha. Now, he was a prophet of God, man of God, said, your servant, my husband, is what? So so here, she's, this lady's crying out to the head prophet. She's saying, my husband, who was your servant, has died. Now, she's widowed. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. So this was apparently a godly man that died. But you know, just because you're godly doesn't, know that, doesn't mean that you know how to handle money. And the creditor is coming to take away my two sons to be his slaves. Isn't that sad? So now this woman's left holding the bag, isn't she? And the bag's empty. There's no money in it. The creditor's coming to take away my two sons. So this was this prophet was a godly man. Apparently, she, he feared the Lord, but but he didn't know how to handle money. Apparently, as now she, they're in trouble with the bank. So Elisha said to her, "What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house?" And she said. Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. What does that mean? That means get a bunch of them. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and pour it into the vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him, shut the door behind her and her sons. She brought the vessels to her, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. And it came to pass when the vessels were full... That she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is no other vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And your, your son shall live on the rest. Isn't that wonderful? Now, what do we learn from this story? That we learn from this story that God can provide for you. And he provided for this single lady, did he not? What lesson do we learn from this mom of the Bible? We learn that God can supply despite negative circumstances. Now, I do want to say something else about this while we're on it. Some preachers will preach to you from this passage, and there might be one other one, about supernatural debt cancellation. Did you know that you cannot teach supernatural debt cancellation from the Bible as a doctrine. Did you know that? And did you know that when preachers, I don't care how famous they are, when they talk to you about supernatural debt cancellation, they don't know what they're talking about. And most of them, when they do that, are trying to get your money. Do you understand that? You need to, while I'm on it here, I'll, I'll just say this. You see this supernatural debt cancellation here, you might be able to pull it from one or one or two other isolated places, but you can't teach supernatural debt cancellation as a doctrine from the Bible. There's only I, I had the Spirit of the Lord deal with me. I run, I run every day, just about every day, about five to six miles, and you know you talk to the Lord while you're running. And I was thinking about this while I was running. He spoke to my heart, and he said. 
uh, there's only one supernatural debt cancellation you can teach from Scripture as doctrine. You know what that is? It has nothing to do with money. It has to do when he died on the cross. Can you say amen to that? Now that's some supernatural debt cancellation right there, isn't it? Now you could teach that. You could, you could preach the horns off a billy goat with that one. Is that right? You know what I mean by that? Have you ever seen anybody preach the horns off a billy goat? <laughs> I believe in that supernatural debt cancellation. Isn't that good? I got that off the Holy Ghost. That's good. Jesus paid our, that's supernatural debt cancellation, isn't it? He, he, he bore our sins in his own body on the cross and canceled the debt, right? And nailed it to the cross. Is that right? That's good, isn't it? Yeah. So anyway, this single lady, she got left holding the bag, single mom, but God came through for her. Now, you can't preach supernatural debt cancellation money from the Bible, but God will supply your need. You could preach that. And he'll come through for you. Look at 1 Kings 17, verse 8. Now the widow of Zarephath, the Lord, verse 8, 1 Kings 17, 8, the word of the Lord came to, this was to Elijah now. This was not Elisha, but Elijah. Elisha was Elijah's servant, you know. He said, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs aside. Dwell there. I've commanded a widow to provide for you there. Now, you learn something about the Lord here. He doesn't need rich people to meet your needs. Right? I mean, there was a famine going on, and Elijah had been by the brook. The brook dried up. The word of the Lord came to him. Go to this widow. Did you know God can supply your needs through a, through a widow just as well as through a millionaire? Did you know that? God does not need a millionaire to meet your needs. So he arose, look at verse 10, and went to Zarephath, the preacher, Elijah. He goes over the prophet to Zarephath. And when he'd come to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, Please bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And, he, and, and as she was going to get it, he called her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread only a handful of flour in a bin and a little jar, jar of oil. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Well, it, apparently he, she didn't hear from the Lord, did she? Did you know God can speak to somebody and they miss it? Didn't you see in verse 9 where the Lord said he commanded a widow to provide for him? And in verse 12, if she heard the voice of the Lord, I don't know it, do you? And she's looking to die, isn't she? And so Elijah said to her, now we're talking about Mother's Day here, we're talking about single, a single mom. And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it when? From it first. And that goes against your physical thinking, your mind, your, your physical brain will... We'll go crazy with that. How do you, I don't have hardly enough for me and my son, but I'm going to make, make something for the man of God first. Had nothing to do really with the man of God. It had to do with the principle of it that we're going to put God what? First. Right? 
And so when you bless his servant, if you really have a servant of God and you bless the servant, God counts it as doing it un, unto him. You okay with that? It said, bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour will not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for how long? For many days. You get into this and study it. It could have been well over a year that they ate from that and, and had su- supply from that. But many days, that's a good deal, isn't it? That beats dying. Said the bin of flour was not used up. The jar of oil did not run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. What do we learn from this single mom? We learn that God can meet your need despite the negative circumstance. I don't see any debt cancellation here. But I tell you what, you can preach. Now, now in this story, you can preach this as a doctrine, as a principle. You keep God first and he will what? Supply your need. Now, you can preach that as a doctrine. You see that throughout the Bible. You keep God first and he will supply your needs. Now, the last one I want to go over with you is uh, not a single lady. She's not a was not a barren lady. She was the mother of Moses. Anybody remember her name? Joshabed. Boy, Bonnie's going to get the gold star, isn't she? She's 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 pretty smart on the Bible. Jochebed. Let's go to Exodus two, and we'll we'll close with this. I don't preach very long on Mother's Day. Jochebed. This was Moses' mother. Now you need, as you turn to Exodus 2, you need to realize the backdrop of what was going on here. The Pharaoh wanted the male Israelite babies killed as soon as they were born. But the midwives, how many know what a midwife is? She was like a nurse, I guess, that would come and help with the delivery. Uh, you know, I wish I could have had a child of my own. I was never, uh, the Lord didn't give me any children of my own. But you know what? I'm going to be humorous about it. I don't think I'd have survived childbirth. I just don't think I'd have survived it. It is. <laughs> and it's the God's honest truth. I don't think I'd have... <laughs> give me an epidural. From the neck down or from the neck up. All the way, I need epidural. I need a couple of them. How do you spell that, Bonnie? Epidural. No, no, no. Just uh, you're right. Has anybody ever had one of them? <laughs> now let's change the subject here. So, what was Moses' mother's name? Jacobed. 
Now, the backdrop is they were killing the babies. And, and Pharaoh wanted the babies killed, and he wanted the midwives, the, the male children. He wanted the Pharaoh, the king of, of Egypt, the Pharaoh, he wanted, he had given directions to the midwives to kill the male Israelites as soon as they were born, the little male babies. And the midwives refused to do it. Can you say amen? amen. Thank God that they didn't. And the Bible says that God dealt very well with the midwives because they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't kill the babies. Isn't that wonderful? And God dealt very well with them. So then when the Pharaoh found that out, he commanded that the babies be, the male children, the male babies, when the Israelites, when they were born, that they be thrown into the river. And so that was happening, throwing them in the river. Drowning the babies. Of course, we understand that some 80 years down the road, Pharaoh got drowned in a river. Right? Is that right? And I believe God was in on drown. Well, there's no question. God was. God drowned the Pharaoh in, or his son anyway, drowned him. Is that right? Well, actually. That Pharaoh, from my study, didn't get drowned. It was his son that got drowned. Is that right? So you drown God's kids, he's going to drown. It's an eye eye for eye, tooth for tooth back there then. Is that right? You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to hurt Israel. You don't want to hurt anybody, but you especially don't want to hurt Israel. Is that right? Okay. So that was going on. So Moses comes along. And the Pharaoh's command was what? To throw him in the river. So, so notice here, Exodus 2, verse 1. So it says, A man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw, now this was Moses. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. Okay, so this was Moses. They hid him. Why did they hide him? Because they didn't want him to be killed. Is that right? Verse 3. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, put the child in it. So she made a little bitty basket like a boat, little bitty basket. She put Moses in it and laid it in the reeds by the river bank. Now that would be difficult to put your child, wouldn't it? Would it not? Would it be? Would that be hard? Put your baby in there and send him off down the river. I mean, okay, so, so, so he may not drown. I mean, eventually the thing might tip over, but there's other things in the river like crocodiles and alligator, whatever. I, I mean, this is, this is not a good situation. But she didn't kill him. Is that right? She put him in the basket, sent him down the river. Hard to do. Now, verse 4, his sister, I guess this would be Miriam, wouldn't it? Stood afar off to know what would be done to him. She wanted to see what was going on. Then the daughter of Pharaoh, now you watch how slick God is. Now, this is one of the slickest things I've seen in the Bible. I mean, this is really sharp. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark coming 
uh, when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then his sister said to the Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call a nurse for you from the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. So she, so the maiden went and called the child's mother, which was her mom, wasn't it? Did I get that right? Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me so Moses, she, she, Moses is going to be put to death. She puts him in the basket, sends him down the river. The next thing you know, she's holding the little baby. Take this child and, and she's going to get to nurse him. Is that right? That's a good deal right there, isn't it? And I will give you wages for it. <laughs> How many of you like to get paid to take care of your own kid? Is that, is that what if? Now, don't you see the hand of God in that? Is that pretty, is that pretty slick how God is? That's pretty slick, isn't it? That's the God we serve. So the woman took the child, so the woman, Moses' mother, got her child, but she just turned him loose not long ago. Next thing you know, she gets him back and she's getting paid to take care of him. Pretty good deal. So she nursed him and so forth and got paid to do it. Verse 10, and the child grew. And uh, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and, the, and uh, became her son. So she called his name Moses saying, because I drew you out of the water. What's the lesson we learned from Moses' mother? Here's the lesson. When the future of your children looks dim, God can really work things out. Amen. Is that good? Yes. When the future of your children looks dim, did Moses' future look dim? But God can really work things out but Moses mother did what was right she didn't kill the baby yeah but the law of the land was to kill the baby doesn't the Bible say we ought to obey God rather than man that right so do what's right and God will do what's right and help you all right well stand with me thanks for coming did you get anything out of this thanks for coming today God bless you I don't have anything else as I look around I presume everybody's saved if you're not saved you can come up here after this after i'm done and give your heart to jesus you know you want to be sure you do that if you've never done that you want to be sure you do that the bible says there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun it doesn't say it in those words but that's the essence of it there's a heaven